You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. The following podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion advised. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to AV Underground, the podcast where we talk about what it's like getting started as a content creator. Uh, we are here for our second episode. Unfortunately, our other host, uh, MJ Watson, not with us today. He got called into jury duty, so he's uh, sitting on trial. That's not his. Uh, hopefully doing justice by the American justice system. So anyway, so I am here today with Joe Blay. Hey, everybody. Joe Blay Designs. America's favorite substitute for the Yeah Dude crew. Yeah, because we've, we've had you on pretty much everything we've done. You've, pretty, you've been here as I've, I've got all my dirty little fingers and all your dirty little pies. <laughs> he does. Joe's like the guy that we call whenever, uh, oh, hey, uh, someone's sick. Can you fill in? What is hey, it? Uh, the wolf from uh, Pulp Fiction? I think so. Comes in, fixes the problem, cleans yep. it up. Cl- cleans it up, mm-hmm. gets out. It's like you're never there. That's me. That's what I'm doing here. Hello, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic day. So for those that don't know, uh, Joe, how would you summarize what you're what you're doing now? Um, creative wise. Creative wise, I am trying to uh, improve my skill is probably 70% of that pie chart. Um, I constantly strive to do better every time I draw. I draw, by the way. I, I do digital art. He's uh, the man behind the drawing tablet. Currently, uh, what is helping pay the bills is I'm peddling smut. Smut for the internet is a popular dealio, I'm told. Very much so. Um, and you just have to have a unique style. That's what I've been trying to do, trying to find my own style that I'm comfortable with, fun to do, and visually pleasing. Uh, I'm also working on a couple other passion projects that have nothing to do with butts and titties, which is refreshing. Yeah, I've seen uh, you drop a couple of things, uh, like fan art from Gravity Falls. Yep, that one that I you recently, did. That was really nice. I'm going to say finished, but I'm going to be constantly tweaking that thing. Um, that, that's fair. I mean... Yep, and I'm currently working on a Rick and Morty one. Sweet. Uh, you know that old painting of the people at the diner? Yep. Yeah, it's going to have that kind of aesthetic to it. Sweet. But Shonies. <laughs> that sounds pretty good yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward to it i mean that kind of ties into we were talking last week uh watson and i about how when it comes to like youtube creation whether it's let's plays or vlogging or what have you a lot of it is that some people feel like the market is oversaturated uh i'm assuming it's probably the same thing on the artistic end but like you were saying with picking finding your style and finding what makes you kind of an individual is really the thing that Absolutely. I feel like I, I, I'm kind of playing on easy mode as far as content creation goes, because all I have to do is, you know what? I lied. Take back that last sentence yeah. that I said. It's not easy. It's not <laughs> no, easy being gonna, green. I, I feel like when I was in school still doing video creation and whatnot, I remember thinking to myself, like, man, why couldn't I have done something easier like it, it always feels like everything else would be easier than what you're doing because I'm like I could just get into audio and not have to deal with the video end of it, but then if you actually get into audio, you're like I feel I wish I could just do video and not have to deal with like the audio end of it or you know so I feel like it, it's weird coming from someone who's who's not an artist myself as far as like pen and paper and drawing and whatnot that I'm like oh I could have just spent my time learning to draw but it's like it's not really that easy. No, I mean I've been drawing since I was five and I'm just recently becoming satisfied with my work. So that's about 23 years of hating what I did. <laughs> that's fair. So that, uh, that brings me to actually like what motivates you? Cause obviously the beginning of anything that you're doing, whether it's a vlog or like you're starting, uh, being an artist for the internet, you're starting podcasting. Generally speaking, your starting point is going to suck. You're, you're not going to be great. You're going to look at it and be like, this is garbage. And like, what keeps you going despite looking at it and being like, maybe I should just give up. Have have you had that moment where you're like, maybe I should just not pursue art. Maybe this is not me. Well, now I am. Oh. No, I mean, um, <laughs> you know, there has been times, um, the more it, it's kind of a bad excuse, but the more time and money you spend on something, you'll have more of a fight to keep it going. Uh, you'll have more reasons. And of, of course, hopefully you did all this because you have a passion for what you do. And it's not until you start hating your passion that it becomes a career. 
and it, it's just you know you got you got to make sure when you're young you you have that option. I mean, it doesn't really matter the age, but opportunities arise at certain points in life. Um, when you're younger, you definitely have, you know, you can, you can, it's trial and error at that point. You're not so you, much worried when you're younger about having to pay bills and exactly. you know, all that other fun, fun stuff uh, that comes with adulting. Honestly, I started drawing because I didn't like the outside. I enjoyed cartoons. I like how they made me feel I like being happy watching things. And uh, if you don't, you know, why, why bother? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, if you don't enjoy a thing, why keep doing it? Unless you have to to survive, like. But uh, for me, I just keep going because it's always what I, I've always had an inkling that this is what I want to do. Not pedal smut, you know, that, that, that could be a little side project. But, <laughs> you know, I always create, creating stories, characters, things like that, creating worlds. I guess it gave gave me a sense of control. Um, as the youngest child, never really gave me too many opportunities to tell people what for. So that, that always, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Just liking what you do should keep you going. If not, find something else. Because if this is what you plan on doing for the rest of your life, you might as well like it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you got into art pretty young too. So Pokemon. It's not like. Uh... It's not like you started out being like, I want to get into this because it's going to make me a lot of money. So uh, printer paper, crayons, yeah. <laughs> poking through, hitting the rug. And I learned, you know, that perfect example. You know, when I first started, I'd draw on the paper, poke through on the carpet. And then I learned to put something hard under the paper. And then I learned that putting something hard under the paper makes it rough. So you put something soft under the paper and then something hard under that. It's learning. You learn the oh, process. Yeah. And it's it's weird because I, I was actually thinking about starting a uh, potential video series on my YouTube of stupid things that I've done. They have plenty of them for like adult topics of like the questions you never dared ask. But I was thinking like th I've had plenty of moments in, in my editing career of looking back on it now. And I'm like, was I retarded? <laughs> like, did, was I just that dumb? Because I remember when I started editing and I, I had one window open with my video editor, one window open with my audacity. And I was cutting the audio and trying to sync that in time with cutting the video that goes with the audio because I had recorded them separately. Mm. And even you earlier made that look like, what were you thinking? That's, uh, and, that's some extra steps not needed uh, to take. No, I, I, similar story. I've had my tablet for five, six months now. Finally got the hot keys to how I want them. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of it's just – and it especially in I think the media creation field that there's so many people out there that are so good at what they're doing – that you're almost afraid to be like, hey, I just found out that you can do this. And like everyone's going to come down on you like, you didn't know that, noob? Yeah. What the heck is wrong with you? How do you not know everything? Yeah, that's, so. a, that's another big thing. You can't let people help decide. I mean, you know, if you need advice, definitely go for it. But if, if you're going for a career and everyone doesn't agree with it, doesn't necessarily make it a bad decision. Just, just there are going to be those people that... Uh, and we had talked about last week too that one of my uh, one of my YouTube videos got its first my first hate comment, which is how I know I'm doing things right. Um, how did what have your experiences been with posting your art? Because you're mostly on Twitter, so yep. like you post your uh, art Twitter and up Tumblr and, mostly. How, do you um, usually get like? Is it mostly positive? Do people give you advice? Are people just like, hey, more smut, please? The worst thing that can happen is that nobody says anything. They just scroll on by. Mm. Uh, you, you like when you spend weeks, like you can spend hours on a project and post it up and no one could care, but you did it. And if it makes tap the mic right there, uh, <laughs> if it makes you happy, then you know what? Good. Glad you did it. I, I've never really gotten any terrible. Uh, the worst was a sarcastic, uh, classic line. That's enough internet for me today. I remember that one. Yep. Yep. And yep. Yeah. That's fair. Sometimes set out of complete and total sarcasm and sometimes like maybe a legitimate jab. But but it's just people on the Internet. You're probably never yeah. going to meet them. And if you do, it's probably going to be, you know what? Here's what I do. Here's what keeps me going through all the haters. Strive to the point where the people making fun of you has to pay to see you. <laughs> 
That's and fair. if they're still hating on you, you still got their 20 bucks. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's always what makes it like, OK, you're hating on this, but like you didn't have to stop and comment on it. So because yeah, it's going to be because there's always going to be people. They're going to have a bad day or they're just a naturally an asshole. And if they see something that annoys them just enough, I, I can't tell you how many times I've written out comments on Facebook or Twitter and took a breath and went, you know, I'm I'm not one to start shit. And this will definitely start <laughs> shit. So I just delete it and go about my day. Yeah, you're like, I, I could argue with them, but I, why waste my time? Exactly. These pe- there's people that don't know you. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to discuss with you uh, practice. Because obviously, if, in order to get better at anything, regardless Carnegie of what you're into, you practice, 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 yep. practice. So how are you still doing like a drawing a day? What is your practice rate? Now? I definitely try to get at least one drawing done a day. Uh, I have my own warm-up practices. I do before I actually start working on things that people pay for. Uh, just to keep it loose is really the main thing. I'll, I'll look up, you know, artists. I, I enjoy see what they do for like poses and poses and closes. Uh, clothes are hard. Uh, um, and it's really just getting into the frame of mind when you when you're first like really getting into it. Because at this point... Anytime I'm not drawing, I think about what I could be drawing. I'm glad it's not just me that has that. Like for a while, I was like, all I ever really think about is making new content when I'm not making content. It's not even making content. It's just I guess I have I'm I have a very mm, task oriented uh, living situation where they do their job and that's satisfactory. They, they then can use the rest of their time for leisure, uh, which is commendable. I mean, not the most of the country does that. Yeah. Um, I feel like a majority of people are pretty satisfied with, you yeah. know, just kind of getting by. It's just, you know, you don't want that feeling of wasting your time. Video games helps with that. Reading helps with that. And for me, drawing. And with you, audio, video editing. It's, it's a passion. It's all it comes down to. What do you want to do? And if you want to keep doing it what was the question oh we're <laughs> on the topic of practice like how how frequently you practice and i guess more important oh, really daily. Is, uh, I, I have my sketchbook with me right now in case there was a lull sweet yeah that's another that's... thing always make sure that there's like something you can do to like keep yourself focused on it without getting tired of it now was there a like a pivotal point for you when when you started i mean you've been drawn for a long time 23 years when you most recently started getting really going with doing stuff for the internet. Was there a point when it went from, I need to practice and I'm motivated to practice because I really want to get things going and it just switched over into discipline. So now it's like, this is just part of my everyday now. This is just what I do. I know the exact drawing where it happened. Oh, <laughs> do, do tell. <laughs> um, what What's the demographic for this show? I mean, you said retarded, so I'm guessing pretty. Uh, usually 18 plus. I gotcha. Usually... That's our that's our general eighteen plus gamers. All right. Well, I was drawing some uh, some furry characters. Yep. And one of my main characters, my my poster child, if you will, uh, Boone. I call her. Yep. I'm still working on the name. Uh, I drew one of her just dancing. You know, working with body movement, how everything affects everything. That's another thing I'd like to point out. Uh, for for lewd artists and people who do that um we're not looking at porn in public <laughs> for satisfaction honestly i can't even watch porn anymore without like figuring a- out analyzing yeah like oh her arm her elbow her shoulder is raised slightly so the left tit is higher than the right tit things like that all the uh, basic anatomy and stuff. That it's you'd... it's all about anatomy, really. And, um, you know, people would be like, oh, you're drawing a dancing bunny. What are you, some kind of fucking sick weirdo? You want to fuck bunnies? I mean, if, if no, I don't. <laughs> but sorry, either way, no one's on here to judge. Like... Every, everyone, gets their, everyone gets their kinks from cartoons growing up. Yeah. <laughs> Especially this generation. We grew up on Disney, damn it. But... I digress. I finished the drawing. I was looking at it, looking it up and down, because usually what I do 
is I'll finish a drawing. I'll look. I'll zoom out. I'll sit back a little bit. And I'll look at it. And basically, I'll just see crap. I'll be like, yeah, it's crap. I could change that. It's, arms not even the same size. And uh, But that one, the one I finished, took a look at it. I was like, it's good. It's good. I don't want to change anything. I'm afraid I might ruin it. And at that moment, I was like, I was starting to get kind of satisfied with what I was doing instead of, it became less of a struggle at that point. Yeah. Because especially when you draw traditionally your entire life and then go to a digital tablet, it has a whole different feeling. Hotkeys, what the hell are hotkeys? The only time the keys are hot is when the computer's struggling in summertime. (laughs) Yeah. Did you, did you find it? I mean, it's definitely got to be strange switching from a traditional pen and paper medium to a digital medium. Was there a point when you were like, maybe I just don't evolve with the times and I just stick to pen and paper? Or were you like determined, like, no, I'm, I'm figuring this out. I'm going to do digital art. I've, I've told you part one of this story, but now there's a part two. Oh, sweet. I like part two. Uh, I've told you before when I first got the tablet, fancy tablet. I don't mean to brag, Wacom Cintiq. It is a really nice tablet. Uh, the the stylus has an uh, active eraser function where you flip the pencil, the the stylus over, use it as an eraser for the longest time. Uh, because I was drawing traditionally my entire life, I would brush off invisible eraser flakes that did not exist on the tablet. I remember you telling me about that. But now, when I draw traditionally, I draw way too big because in my mind, I can shrink it down. Okay. So it's kind of it's kind of shifted, really. It's it's finding a balance. If you plan on doing both, if you plan on doing more than one medium, definitely practice in all those mediums. Uh, which would probably be smart because if my tablet ever goes down, <laughs> it's back to pen and paper for yep. a while. Yep. How do you um, how do you deal with? Because I'm assuming like everyone else that does anything creative, you're you have those days where you wake up and you're like, I could just not today. And sometimes it's fine, like. Okay, I'm taking a day off. I'm just going to like lay around and watch like garbage television for an entire day and eat Cheetos and do whatever. And you need and those. getting back into it. Do you find this like a struggle getting back into it after one of those breaks? Or are you kind of like, no, you know, I had my day off. I'm recouped, ready to go. Like I said earlier with the, the sun and sport thing, it's not an extremely taxing. Like with you, if, if you have to edit a video and audio, that could be hours, hours of time out of your day. But with me, I could just draw like a little pooping smiley face. <laughs> I drew something today. <laughs> D- is it impressive? No, but I did it. It exists now uh, and it didn't. Well, you know, there we go. I'm basically a god. <laughs> <laughs> something was nothing and now it is. <laughs> uh, the point, uh, but you know, having days like that is definitely needed. Because uh, you can't just, I, I actually fell into that, I'll, I'll call it a hole. Uh, for a while because I was like, I'm not going to intake anything. I'm only going to give to the creative community. I'm not going to watch any shows. I'm not going to watch any movies. I'm not going to read books. I'm just going to have, I'm just going to do mental vomit through my arm <laughs> onto the internet. And then you get fried out. You become empty. <laughs> There's no creative You're a husk juices of what you left once were. in you. So you take a break. You watch you watch some goofy cartoons. You 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 eat a bag of Cheetos to your face and hate yourself for a couple hours. That's all part of the human condition. You just need a, a reset. The point is, you know, give and take. But you know, preferably give more. That's fair. I'm starting to get into that now too with uh you know, when I just got out of school and when I had like my vacations and whatnot, I was constantly like, I need to be making something every second of every day. I can't be watching movies. I can't be the same kind of idea of like, I'm just going to hold my camera all the time and make something out of every moment. And that all sounds great until you realize that like, it's, you can't do this. You can't, you get burnt out. Absolutely. And so now I'm like, yeah, I'll sit around and I'll like, I'll hang out and just watch a really bad movie that I know is going to be a bad movie. Yeah. But that's like the fun of it. And then I'm like, okay, well what, what from this can I take? And I find that it's not even an effort anymore. I'm just, if I'm watching a bad movie, listening to a podcast, driving somewhere, my brain's always thinking about things that I want to make, things I want to do, side projects that I may or may not get to. 
but the ideas just keep rolling. And that's been my mode of, of thought is just like, there's always something that I'm getting out of everything I'm doing. Yep. Uh, two more notes on this topic. I have, uh, one, there was this, I can't remember. I'm terrible with names. There was an animator who wrote basically like the quintessential book on animation. If you're getting into it, I highly recommend it. I don't remember the name. Um, if, if we figure out the name, I'll, I'll toss it down in yeah, the show well, notes. And, and um, one of the pieces of advice he has is work in complete silence. Don't have music. Don't have any distractions. Yep. That's a terrible piece of advice because then it's just you and your work. And that can drive you crazy. Like when I when I draw and I'm in like a very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like flow, kind of. State? Yeah, yeah, like a uh, a good workflow. Almost like everything is just tunnel vision on what you're doing, kind of state. Or ah, uh, not really that. Just I, I, my hand is listening to me. Okay. As I draw, it's just you know a good good art day. Everything's working in harmony. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll have music. I'll have you know let's plays and shit play in the background as i work because i don't know just being in complete quiet just with the sound of the pen that's insane that i'm pretty sure that's how the shining began it was just a big (laughs) empty room with the sound of a typewriter and then he lost his mind (laughs) uh and then the second point uh so yeah just you know work comfortably not everyone's gonna have the same work style as you and uh, always have a notebook. Always, when you have an idea, make sure to get it out because that's just going to sit in there. You're going to get tired of it. It's never going to be made. I've had to do that a lot lately, actually. Absolutely. Uh, white noise helps. If you if you ever have those times where you're laying in bed and you have that idea, uh, you know how your ideas like really kick off right as you're about to go oh, to of bed. Course. Or if you're in the shower. White noise definitely helps with that. Definitely have a notebook nearby. I actually keep mine. I guess it's harder for people in relationships. I share my bed with my notebook. Okay. Because I sleep away from my side table. Any any distract, I just have it there. I need it because any any extra step, it's not going to be written down. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like drag it near me and <laughs> scribble in it, close it, go back to bed. It definitely helps with the clarity through the rest of your day. Like yep. if I'm at work and I have an idea and I'm like, oh, I just thought of a, a great idea of like another person I'd like to have on the show or another podcast I want to start. Is I'll write it down. That way I don't have to think about it anymore. I can have the peace of mind of knowing that it's written down. I can refer to it later. I don't have to worry about remembering it. Yep, the I'm biggest lie you could tell yourself is I'll remember that in the morning. Oh, no, never. Because you never will. It's not happening. Absolutely not. Unless it's a... Like a damn good idea, but... And you're super lucky and don't have, like, a crazy dream that throws the whole idea out the window. <laughs> yeah. And then you just wake up thinking about that dream. <laughs> and then you're all sorts of messed up. And, um, yeah, I mean, the point is, just do it. Is all, is all it really comes down to. Find, Make sure you're comfortable while you're doing it and do it. Now, I had asked... Uh, Watson and I went over on our last episode of like the people who inspire us, the people that we look to Mm -hmm. for both inspiration and motivation. So who are some of those people for you? Uh, It'd be a lot of of random names because when I was about 15, 16, we got the family computer, came across DeviantArt. And on, Which was really big for a long time. Absolutely. And through the next 13 years, I've been slowly filtering like, and finding these artists on different platforms that I'll go and look for because I love their work. But, I mean, going back, I guess main inspirations would be, I wouldn't say Disney. He wasn't exactly first. He just knew how to market Fleischer. Yeah. Not even Fleischer. I mean, even I don't like, know. Uh, even maybe not who got you going, but like who, who inspires you currently? And currently, myself. Okay. Um, I know you've had a lot of back and forth with um, Rabid Co-Wolf, if I'm Rab- pronouncing yep, that right. Yep, yep. Uh, On the Twitters. Yep. I'm, I'm too afraid to ask him to be my internet friend, but 
<laughs> okay. I'd That's... like for him to be my internet friend. Uh, he draws very cute work. Uh, definitely, it's it's definitely not to everyone's taste, but it's good work. Uh, and then, like one time, I asked him. I was like, "Hey, what 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 size canvas do you use on on your art program?" And he's like, "Uh, paper and pen." And I'm like. Oh, oh, all right. You just have a damn good scanner and can draw it clean. I commend you immensely. <laughs> it's weird when you like you start to find out some of the things people are using for creation and some yeah, of people's absolutely. methods for things. Like I had found out um, one of my favorite directors, Don Hertzfeld, mm -hmm. who did mm -hmm. World of Tomorrow. He just recently put out World of Tomorrow Part Two. I think it was late last year. The world or early of the this day year. after tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> world of tomorrow the burden of other people's thoughts and they had an interview with him not with them in the movie but i i think it was huffington post don't quote me on that because i i just read the article i didn't care who wrote it uh it was an interview with don hertzfeld and they were talking about his creative process and what he does and um he he was basically like so i essentially just lock myself in a room by myself and i don't come out until stuff is done and they're like, with the kind of creations he makes, I don't know if, how much of his work you've seen, but it's it's out there. Yeah. Um, very strange. And I've had plenty of people that I've showed his work to that are like, what drugs is this guy on? So they actually asked him, they said, well, what drugs do you do? Like, what gets this? And he's like, oh, I don't do drugs. I have to have a completely clean mind. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do nothing. And <laughs> like, so basically, it's just insanity. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's his thing. Locking uh, yourself thing in a room. Same thing with and... Frank Zappa and uh, Salvador Dali. They didn't do drugs. Whew. They were just eccentric. Yeah. <laughs> eccentric to the point of melting time. Like, yeah. Whew. But yeah, I thought that was interesting yeah, when you start that's... finding out like how these people work. Like, um, like I just said, Dolly, uh, his process from what I hear, I don't know if it, I've, I, I haven't talked to Dolly cause he's dead. So I haven't got confirmation, but he'd have this big comfy chair that he'd sit in with a brass key in his hand and a brass bowl underneath. And he would just sit there and start to nod off. And as he started hitting those first points of sleep, his hand would let go of the key, hit the bowl, wake him up, and then he'd just draw down whatever was in his mind when he woke up. That's a really interesting process. It's real because like that that stage between awake and asleep, it gets pretty kooky. Yeah. The point when your brain is not really quite sure the difference between reality and the dream. But also he had a pet anteater. So maybe he was just a bit of a wackadoo. <laughs> I could be. <laughs> I mean, really, at this point, do we care? No. He left a legacy. Yeah, he's one of the most influential. And I think I think of him as like one of the old masters. No, nah, he was doing his shit through like 40s and 60s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so have there been for you other things that you've. Because I know, it, as far as I'm concerned, before I finally, like, worked my way into video and audio, you know, I've tried computer programming, website programming, uh, computer service and repairs, and various other, like, oh, maybe I'll get into this, maybe I'll maybe I'll find my, my niche in this. And I've always had this feeling to myself, like, I need to do something, but mm -hmm. I never really knew what it was. I knew that going to anime conventions and talking with, like, the artists, the creators, getting to know them and being in the industry was like really made me happy, but I wasn't sure how to work my way into it. So like, I guess, did you, again, you've been drawn for a long time, but did you really find your way into that? Or were there points when you're like, I'm going to try doing this and maybe this will be my path in life. And with drawing, you can always find time for other things. Like I definitely, but I mean that, that what you just described, that's life in it. Oh yeah, that's just, it's just you keep trying different things until you find what exactly. Sticks. I don't know. I guess I was lucky and I found what I like to do at an early age. Yeah, really, it comes it comes down it's, to arts, smarts, or sports. That, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I, that's honestly the first time I've heard that. And that's, I just made it up. So. Okay, <laughs> those put that are, on a those, t shirt. Those are the three paths you could take. You can mix a little bit, but you definitely can't do all three. <laughs> Ain't that without losing your mind at least i thought it was kind of weird too because when you see these uh big successful people and they they sit down for interviews and they're like oh uh mr spielberg when did you know you wanted to be a director and he's like oh i've been you know making movies since i was like three years old or i don't know spielberg's story i'm just I don't I'm improvising here um but as an example like you you get the stories he's like i've been doing this since i was a kid i was destined for it and sometimes that comes off to people as like 
well, I haven't really been doing anything since I, I watched a lot of cartoons. Uh, I played outside. Like, there's not a career in that. But what I've realized after, you know, I'm 27 now. And I spent the last two and a half years face first in college mm-hmm. to get my degree for film. And which feels like it's a little late in my life to be trying to work on something, which I'm sure sounds dumb to anyone over the age of 30 who's like, dude, yeah. you're still really young. Like, shut up. Exactly. Um, There's this retired guy never had an art class in his life. And he paints these beautiful, like old paintings that look like they were done during the Renaissance. Never Ooh. a lesson in his life. He just had the time and went to it. Just did it. Just did it. But I know that now if, if anyone were to like, oh, when did you realize you wanted to get into video? In honesty, wasn't until I tried starting a YouTube channel and realized that as bad as I was at editing, I liked doing it. Yeah. And but I could always, you know, back in the day, you were there for the Hartwell Report. Yep. We yep. had an old video camera that honestly like that's, cassette. Yeah. It had ribbons it in used it. VHS. <laughs> And what, it, we didn't even have a battery for that thing. We had to have, it was like a six foot cable mm-hmm. plugged into the wall. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a tripod. So I know we had to like prop, we propped the camera on some books on Tyler's bed in his childhood house. Yep. Moved his desk and then had my laptop set up and we just recorded on that thing. And we, there was no editing. Yep. There was, we Stopping did. Stopping the camera. It was a single take. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we ever did two takes. Single take, fade out, shut it off, move locations, turn it back on. Startup, single take, made commercials for it, which was amazing. I think that actually, no, we did, uh, there were a couple of commercials we did two takes on, and we, it, that involved rewinding the tape, playing it back, stopping it at the exact point, and then Hoping re-recording that it didn't over adjust. it. adjust. <laughs> yeah, and then recording over it. Yep. And we had a great time with that. That was back when I was in, I think, sixth grade. Six, no, seventh, because we knew each other. Yep. And... I mean, I could call that up and be like, oh, I've been doing this since I was young. Yeah. I was obviously the I prodigal child. I held a child. camera once. But, I mean, really, I did a lot of things when I was young. I mean, you remember in high school, I was that fickle kid that changed religions every week. Yeah, I mean, this is not your first college experience. No. This is the first <laughs> successful college experience. It sure is. Because <laughs> my first say, one was for game design. I was going to say earlier, if there's anyone who could wax on about trying to find their passion, it'd be you. Yeah. Because boy, did I. Um, For those that don't know, I don't know if I've actually told the story before, but when I was uh, 17, when I was 16, I dropped out of high school. Not because it was hard or because it was, I just felt like I needed to do bigger, better things. And granted, (laughs) at that time. I wish my mom was that cool. uh, Honestly, I'm sure it was a total headache and struggle for my parents. And I make the joke with my father now. I'm like, hey, when the the ceremony comes around in May, you can finally see one of your kids graduate. Because both (laughs) my brother and I dropped out of high school. Uh, I dropped out at 16 because I wanted to pursue something bigger and better. I needed to find my passion and went to college at 17. Um, For those that I didn't know at the time what a disaster this was going to be, uh, but name drop DeVry University online. Dude, they're going to sue us. (laughs) Are you kidding me? They're on the opposing end of every lawsuit right now. (laughs) I got a settlement check from them for like a hundred bucks to please not sue them. And she'd been like, it was, no, yeah, <laughs> I want well, more. <laughs> I, at the time, I had forgot that I ever attended there. <laughs> I had finally finished paying my debt to them. I made it through like four semesters and then realized that I was too young and naive to really like commit to a college education. Uh, I got too wrapped yeah, up in my initial if, relationship. If their college has commercials on G4, probably not the most reputable college. Which is oddly enough how I found them because G4 I, was that my dancing waitress with the little spin table with the ketchup on it. Mm. yeah i know i miss g4 a lot which is part of like when i started getting back into the media production type deal like that's what i want to do i want to bring back a g4 type feel but to the internet and there's plenty of people doing similar things now but i digress so i you know failed out of college i failed two semesters in a row and then they're like you don't have money anymore your your fafsa failed and i was like Oh, what do I do? And then they led me in this long loop of, oh, you need to get a loan to pay off the debt so we can enroll you in class. And I was like, okay, cool. I got the loan. And then they're like, we can't take that money. And I'm like, why not? Because you're not enrolled in class. So enroll me in class. We can't. Why? You owe us money. What? (laughs) Which actually brings up another good point. Education. Yep. uh, Through your your passions. I know you've thrown yourself at the, uh, the education gauntlet. Uh, yep, I went to the Art Institute in Portland, Oregon. 
because I am hipster trash. <laughs> and I took two semesters and I despised it. I fell into a deep depression. I didn't like the people I went to school with because I had like a decade on them. I didn't like <laughs> Okay. I, uh, the teachers, although cool, did not understand what I was there for. And I realized I couldn't get the individual help that I needed. Okay. Uh, three, uh, from the point, I, I, I'm not tooting my own horn here, but again, been drawing for like 20 plus years at that point. It'd taken me at least until my third year of college to actually like use and learn the advice they're giving. Okay. And I also didn't want to be in a hole of debt for the rest of my life. That's true. Which is weird because, you know, when I went uh, back to college for my film degree, I went there knowing I was going to end up in some debt. It's a community college, so not an astronomical level of debt, mm. but, you know, a reasonable amount. Enough. And there's commas. Which, That's enough. <laughs> which is a weird thing to get into when you're only pursuing it for a passion. I only went back to make better YouTube content and without the intention of making it big on YouTube. I just wanted to make better stuff. So... I kind of went back to college without any real plan on like, oh, after this, I'm going to get a great job as an editor here and I'm going to pay it back really quick. Come on, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just went to there because I'm like, you know what? I would re I will regret not going back and not trying more than I'm going to regret the like 20 grand I'd have to pay back. And so I, I'll admit fully back in the day in the college isn't for every every project i mean you can easily teach yourself these things there's on especially nowadays oh god yeah there's online classes there's there's books you can take i've honestly out. learned more from some youtube creators than i did from my entire college education. exactly because they don't have a curriculum they have trial and error and they know what works best for them yeah hopefully it works for you too I, that's what I did. I mean, I understand about, you know, proper spacing, the the balance of a picture, knowing where to put stuff so there's not too much negative space. It's it these people were all taught by someone who was taught by someone else who was taught by someone else. Everyone is gonna have their own methods. Not always the method you want to follow. Yeah, there is really no one true method regardless of what you're doing. Exactly. And uh if if you want to get like a, a swanky professional job in, let's say, editing, then, yeah, they're going to look for proper education. But with things like if you actually like make a video or if I do some more artwork, they'll look at the more impressive work than they will the education at this point in time. Oh, definitely. They're looking for a portfolio. Absolutely. They don't care who taught you. They just want to know that you can do it. That's what do um, it well. When I was looking at what to do after college and I'm like, okay, my options are get back into a full-time job to help pay that back while working on my passion um, or continue school. And a lot of people were pushing me like, oh, go for your bachelor's degree. You can get a good secure job. And I'm like, that's not what I'm in this for. Foot in the door. I'm good. Like I'm I'm looking for what do I feel I need? And I need to right now I need to spend time learning yeah. from my own mistakes. But I was calling around to different colleges. So I called around to um, Emerson, which is film school out in Boston. It's like the Disneyland for film production there. They have all the tech, all the people that know what they're doing. It's you know, a they have place, a Disneyland for film production. Is it Disney? It's Disney Studios. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, my professor had referred to Emerson as like, it's like going to Disneyland if you're into like camera gear and all that kind gotcha. of like the production they equipment got all, and stuff. They got all the swag over they, there. Yeah, they do. Um, and the other one that like I contacted. like MIT, but for cameras. <laughs> yeah. The, the other one that I looked into was Vancouver Film School. Because that's like, that's where some of the big dogs went. Kevin Smith. Yep. Um, and so I called them. They called me back and I had a good long conversation with their advisor. And because I, I was like, is this something that is your program something that I need to have a certain degree? Do I need an associate's before I can get into it? Do I need a bachelor's? Like, and he went, no, no, this is not that kind of program. What this is, is one solid year, 12 months of an intensive program where you will produce, run every job on. And by the end of it, you will know everything there is to know in the film industry. Your portfolio will contain. 30 short films to accredited to your name that you'll have as your portfolio. He's like, cause to be honest, 
all the film studios, whether you're going to Orlando, Florida, Vancouver, Canada, uh, Hollywood, California, whether you're going to produce television in New York or if you're going down to Atlanta, Georgia, he's like, those are the main places. Those are the big five. And anywhere you go, they're looking at your portfolio. They don't care if you've got an associate's, a bachelor's, a master's or a doctorate in film, if that's even a thing. They don't care how much education you have. They want to know what you can do. And that's what our program is. He's like, you're going to spend 80 hours a week. You won't be able to hold a job while you're doing this. That's all this is, is building your portfolio. Yep. And I was like that, that to me was like, okay, I need to, I need to actually do things. And I had that weird turning point for me with my content creation. Like I, I'd done so much thinking and idealizing and branding and everything. I had done like the whole marketing aspect and the social media aspect, but I hadn't done any creating. And I was like, what sense does it make for me to be a YouTube channel that doesn't produce videos? None. <laughs> I was like, stop talking about it and just go and make content. I made uh, roller skates for horses. <laughs> Why? So they can go fast. They can already go fast. Oh. Uh, eh. Weird. <laughs> I've come out with the automatic DVD rewinder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hate when people don't rewind their DVDs. Oh, man. Blockbuster. That's why they failed. <laughs> if they didn't spend all their time rewinding videos that people didn't rewind. We're getting off topic. No, <laughs> just, just a smidge. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my education really it had nothing to do with the job. It was all just the passion. Yeah. I mean, and especially if you're going to be in a classroom, they're made for a wide audience. It's, it's not going to be detailed to you your strengths and that's why you got to go rogue if, if you're going to be what i like to call guerrilla content creators yeah you know they're not under one man they're just making whatever uh it's, you got to learn yourself you, you got to be better you got to get good gotta yeah get good scrub gotta get good scrub <laughs> i will say like I really enjoyed my college experience. It's definitely not for everyone. Yep. There are definitely people out there that you're going to probably do better learning from online content. Some people are just going to do better in an education setting. Yep. I did better being able to network with people who were also interested in video. And you, I mean, you find people that you click with and that you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to like these people. We're going to, we're going to hang out and we're going to know each other outside of school. And then you have other people that you're like, all right, they're, they're just here to try and be the next Spielberg. Everyone wants to be a director. No one wants to be like the camera or sound guy. So I was like, I'm just here to learn everything. Another great piece of advice if you're still in the learning process. I mean, you're always in the learning process. Oh, it never ends. You're, you never stop learning. Uh, just you ever remember, think you're done learning, you're not. You, yes, you, breaking the fourth wall here. <gasps> you, audience, are never going to be good enough. It's true. Uh, there will always be someone better. Do not think that just because you can do this, you can't be replaced. Use that oh, yeah. to become better. You will become better, but you will not be great. <laughs> it's a never-ending process. And I don't know uh, what, at what point really on your process you're at. But for me, I've been trying to find that balance between I know consciously that no matter how good I'm doing or where I'm at, if I'm making like Tarantino film level like stuff, or if I'm at Spielberg level or like wherever I'm at in life, no matter how good I get, it's never going to be good enough for me because I always want to improve. Yeah, because but also understanding that, you know, I've made it this far and being happy with how far I've come. But that's never the thing. really as you work on things, you do improve uh, with with everything you do. A little bit of improvement. You learn something new. And if not, seek things out, you know, get out, get out of your comfort zone is definitely oh, sure. one of the biggest things. Uh, which I, it's getting to that point where I'm gonna have to figure something out. Uh, I've been doing background colors. I was gonna say when you do internet smut, like how do you break out of that out of a comfort zone? You know, it's just... really tough. I was drawing just basic shapes. I was drawing a lot of squares, which threw me off. Um, buildings are hard. Uh, yeah, that's mainly why I'm doing these these uh, posters is because background colors, lighting, and buildings have always been difficult for me. And you think, well, it's just a cube with some cubes next to it. Nay, I say, those <laughs> things go off in every angle. Um, especially if it's like a cabin or something. And it's just, you gotta, there's, there's, I, I don't know how to word it without making it just sound like I'm repeating myself. If, if you want to get it, do it. 
love love what you're doing. If not, find something else. Uh, if you're walking down the street, you see a music store, pick up a harmonica or a slide whistle or something. Have some it, it fun. It never hurts to experiment with weird things. Yeah. I've found some strange sources of inspiration that I never thought I'd find. Like sometimes for the job that I'm working now, I, I have some days where I'm just copying code for the back end of a website. And then I have days where I'm editing PowerPoint slides. And it's like, even in that, I'm still learning things that I'm like, oh, this is neat. I can I could take this element and apply it in a different way. And it would actually be interesting. So, I mean, you find inspiration in weird places. Sometimes it's bad movies. Sometimes it's a slide whistle. Personal piece of advice just from experience for you older cats out there. You'd be like, oh, man, I'm not creative. I, I can't I can't think of the things like the creators of Rick and Morty do. They're bonkers. Or like, oh, man, this book is insane. Do not take drugs in the hopes that it will make your work better. Do good work first <laughs> and make sure you like you're good at it and then do drugs to see how it changes. <laughs> But I'm not I'm not going to tell you to not do drugs. I'm not your dad. But, you know, just make sure you're confident in what you're doing before you do it on some sort of mind altering substance, because that can make you hate it instantly. As a disclaimer, yeah, dude, as a brand does not endorse the use of drugs. Uh, Joe Blay Design with Flying Fish Incorporated fully endorses <laughs> drug use, especially with our sister company, Flying Fish Prescriptions. Oh, <laughs> started up his own pharmacy. Um, it's located in a back alley right behind Rainy Day Books. Yep. <laughs> Rainy Day Books. If it's raining, the you can find it there. store that's never open, but uh, somehow still a store. Yeah, it's weird. Um, <laughs> so do, you, uh, do you have days when you have to remind yourself of how far you've come from where you were? Because I know, at least for me, a lot of times if you don't think about your past and you just kind of focus on moving forward and focusing on the fact that I am nowhere near where I want to be, it can get kind of disheartening. If there's got to be a cutoff date when you think back, because if you think far, but like I could think back to when I was five. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, the Bulbasaur didn't even have a, a, a face. I'm terrible at this. I can't draw Bulbasaur faces and I never will again. Can't do that. <laughs> but if I'm like, yeah, three months ago, you know, I had the proportions wrong and I'm finally getting that waist to hip ratio I want from personal experience. Yeah. You take out X and replace whatever you want. <laughs> um, and, you know, you just... You can't look you look back, but don't dwell. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I look back just as a, a kind of a reminder point, like the stupid thing I was doing when I started editing, of editing everything separately and trying to sync time yep. codes and not doing anything in any sort of sense. And so I'll look back at that like quickly as a reminder of like, hey, remember how you were when you started? You've come a long way. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't even like, know what a pen setting was when uh, I first started on that tablet. But now I got I got light pencils, dark pencils, whatever you need. Sometimes Airbrush. I, <laughs> I think back to another one of the things that you join us with most of like these past few years has been our extra life charity that we run. Yep. Uh, where we do live streams. And I remember I started three years ago. We, this last year was our third extra life event. And the first one we did, we tried a live stream. And it was my first experience ever touching Twitch, period. My computer was garbage. It didn't handle it well. We had a great time playing um, Hotline Miami, but it, it it was a garbled mess between the audio and the video. It didn't come out great, but we we had a fun time doing it. Yeah. And now if I ever need to be like, okay, I really need to give myself some sense of perspective because I'm not as bad off as I think I am. I look back to that and I'm like, we had a great time. I'm still having a great time. But in the in the process, we've learned, we've improved, and we've made things better. So, Well, let me let me ask you this. I'm I'm looking at your setup here, and it's making me realize that audio and video editing is mainly a, like, base of operations type of thing. Yep. Um, and with me, I get off easy. I could just put a notebook in my pocket, sketch some things out. I'm still doing what I need to do. How How do you make this portable and practicable, I guess? 
Okay, so that's kind of a multi-part answer. I mean, yeah, my base of operations is here. If we're doing podcasts, it's in this studio. Mm-hmm. Because this is where I have the the soundboard, the editing software, the recording software, and all that stuff. But uh, for those that can't see, I do operate off of a desktop. It's not a portable desktop. Which is my, everyone because it's a yeah. podcast. Um, <laughs> no one can I see mean, that. my my goal would be to get a decent laptop for editing on the move. But right now what I do, I don't podcast on the go. It's not something that – this is something we do in studio. That's it. That I don't take with me. That I have a notepad. I write down ideas. Uh, when it comes to video, I've I've been in an awkward position because I bought my I have a Nikon D fifty three hundred and I bought the camera a year, last year because I wanted to have a DSLR something with swappable lenses so I can take something with me and do video out in the world because I didn't want to just use my phone and one of the biggest things when it comes to video content creation especially people that are trying to get into YouTube you make the excuse of like I need better equipment I I can't do it with just my phone and we. We had talked about that last week, but I found an app for my phone called Action Director. If you're on Android, it's Action Director. If you're on iPhone, good luck. I don't know what's on there. Probably iMovie. But it's basically video editing software for my phone. So I have done a few projects. It's Now, it's not anywhere near as powerful as Premiere is. Yeah, I assume it'd be basically like a Windows movie maker. It's similar. Yeah. I, I can import the clips. I can shorten them. I can make them different durations. I can apply different effects, color grading, all that kind of stuff. But I don't have the freedom to like add music and fade in this and cross over that. And But, I mean, it works. And one of the big things that I've been doing to kind of practice my creative muscle is trying to get in on Instagram stories. It's a weird thing because if you're shooting film, whether it's a short film, a YouTube video, whatever it is, you're shooting horizontal, 16 by 9 or 17 by 9, depending on like what your uh, ratio is. But, you know, you're shooting a horizontal video. And I hate seeing videos on my TV where people have their phone vertical. But Instagram Stories is built for a vertical format. So it really, you when you get into the laws of filming, I say the laws, like they're not hard and fast rules, but they're the general the per- guidelines. The guidelines of filming where you have the rule of thirds and anyone that's into photography or film, or I'm assuming even just drawing, yeah. you understand the rules of thirds. You yeah. understand proportions and like how to frame certain things. And those rules get skewed to some extent doing a vertical format, but they're still similar. So it's a lot of learning how to make content in a different format, but also having the editing software on my phone, which I paid for the premium version. It was like a couple bucks, but there are free versions out there. And I'd recommend if you're going to get into video editing um, and you don't know where to start, make stuff on your phone. Like it, it kills me a little bit. Like I was saying, I bought the Nikon and I don't use it as much as I should. Uh, I'm starting to try and get into vlogging now, which if you want to talk about getting out of your comfort zone, try carrying a DSLR around with you, filming yourself in public in an area that like I'm not in a city. It's awkward walking around Gardner like with because everyone's like, oh, look at this guy. And especially with vlogging, there is a certain level of narcissism that has to go into it. Absolutely. Doesn't matter how great of a person you are. Because you're talking to yourself. You're talking. Yeah, you're talking to yourself. You're filming yourself. And anyone looking at that is not only like this guy's filming himself, but they're also like this guy is so full of himself that he thinks the Internet wants to yeah, see what he's doing. You got to keep while while you're talking on your camera, while you're in permanent selfie position, walking through a town. Yep. You have to keep in mind to have the confidence of talking to possibly millions of people. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy, especially when you're starting out and you're like, I mean, no one's really watching my my stuff anyway. So you feel like you don't have an audience. You're yeah. just talking to a camera. Some of the best vloggers that I've seen have said that they try and picture their camera as a person rather than as a camera. Oh, absolutely. And that really helps. That's why but... you should get a real doll, install a camera, <laughs> to start carrying that around. Oh, uh, yeah, that's not going to get you any and then looks. And then after like a week of everyone talking shit, just bring the camera back out and they'll just be like, oh, okay, well, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I found um, as far as, you know, taking things mobile and practicing on the go, I'm starting to get more into using the Nikon now because I realized a few things. That Nikon is really, it's a powerful little machine. Oh, yeah. Um, my phone pisses me off sometimes because it's too good for its own right. My phone can do full 4K video. Ugh. My Nikon cannot. can also make phone um, calls. But... It, yeah, it can. And I've had the argument in my head of like, why would I use a DSLR when my phone takes better video? And the only reason right now that my phone takes better video than my, my DSLR is that I don't have a full grasp on that DSLR. Once I do, 
by and far, that is a much better tool for creation than Absol my phone. Absolutely. But that being said, I do a lot of um, like just stuff with my phone. I'll take it with me. I'll do like some shots at 60 frames, which is the highest frame rate my phone will do. And then I can slow them down, put them in like, you know, not buttery smooth, but it's, it's slow-mo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, put some music over it. And it's just an exercise in storytelling, really. And it's I find it easy with things like Instagram stories. If you're more of a fan of Snapchat, use that. It's the same kind of concept. I just prefer Instagram stories. But it gives you a chance to work on storytelling. And how can you do that in 15 seconds? Because that's all they allow. If you're on Facebook stories, you're looking at a minute, which is a little bit more. But really, it's still pretty short. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I used to really like Vine. Because, like there's been some Rest garbage, piece, that, some garbage that happened on Vine for sure, but it was a real exercise. And how can you tell a cohesive story in six seconds? And they did it. They did it well. There, oh my God. I think it was Thomas Anderson. I think was his last name. Tom. I don't remember. I just knew him as Tom, but he did the, uh, story time and he just like do narrate someone's yep. life oh that that um, handsome devil yeah he was too good looking for and his own good he was but he was really good at telling a cohesive story in six seconds now we're up to 15 seconds with instagram stories and i feel like that's a perfect amount of time to tell stories so that that's my thing that's how i keep going mostly i keep a notepad on me for and i say notepad but it's my phone uh, I use Evernote and I have a note five. So I have a little stylus that pops out and I can jot down notes whenever I feel like I need to jot down notes. Yeah, I keep it traditional myself. I feel like it's it's really whatever works for you. I used to buy a lot of notebooks, but then I realized I never looked at them. So I really I had to work with what I was going to look at. Evernote was the thing that I checked. So I was like, well, this is what I'm using. You know, I, I was talking to my buddy, Jamie, who's getting into starting a vlog and he went out when he bought a notebook you know, hard copy notebook so he could take notes and whatnot. And I was like, I just use my phone. He's like, yeah, but I don't, I don't really look at my phone very often. And I was like, it, it really depends on what kind of a person you are. Some people notebooks work better, but don't yeah, feel absolutely. like you need to go out and buy a notebook if you're not going to use it. So that's yeah. my thing. <laughs> if I bought phone, if I took notes on my phones and treated it like a notebook, I would have like 30 half filled smartphones just sitting in a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> All broken from just yeah. like, I stuff them in my back pocket. Yeah, and... I don't know. <laughs> I just see a new phone and I'm like, ooh, that's a nice phone. I can take notes on that and I buy it. And... <laughs> oh, God, it'd be so expensive, too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess the big thing is just if you want to get started with something, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Just go get started with it. Yep. Just make sure you enjoy it. You know, it's like if, if I had told anyone, oh, I'm going to I'm going to go make YouTube stuff then you get a lot of naysayers. Oh, that's it's, another thing. Another very important thing. Uh, don't tell people you're going to do stuff. Just do stuff. Yeah, actually, that's something that I had been uh, reading into because there's this whole psychological thing that goes along with it. Like if I tell you, hey, Joe, I'm working on a short film and this is the storyline and this is the plot and this is who's going to be in it and it's going to be amazing. And you tell me, hey, man, that's awesome. That's a great idea. Mentally, I've already got that rush of dopamine going. I've already been congratulated for work I didn't do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So then I'm like, why would I bother doing it now? I've already got the the you know the congratulations for yep. having done nothing. I already got I already got my good boy pats. So now when I'm when I have a new project in mind, all I do is I'll tease at it. Oh yeah, I'm working on a new project starting next week. It's gonna be going live on Tuesday. Check it out. And that was last week. We dropped our first episode of AV Underground. Here go. we are with episode two. Perfect. It, the first episode was way more popular than I thought it was going to be. But I think that's a lot of, um, in, again, tying back to life of trying to get into doing something creative is providing value to whether it's your listeners, your viewers, your subscribers, whatever it is. And I'm like, if there's value that I have, it's telling you guys like the struggles that I'm going through and bringing the struggles that other people are going through that are trying to start out. You don't want to listen to some schmuck in his garage tell you about how you need to buy 5,000 books to not live on a futon anymore. Yeah. And this is my new Ferrari. I got 100 Lamborghinis in my Lamborghini <laughs> account. Um, it's now that digital I'm now. It's like Bitcoin. Look at me. I'm successful. I'm who you want to be. I'm not here to tell you that. I'm not here to tell you how to get rich quick. I'm not here to tell you how to become successful in, overnight. I'm just here to share with you the struggles that I'm currently going through. Yeah. And in the event that things go really well and someday, you know, we all make it to that point, then we'll have this to look back on. And, hey, uh, this is where we started. If you want to watch the entire struggle as we went through it, 
listen to the series. That's basically being, you know, you you tried to make Yeah Dude like a gaming platform, but it's mostly it, it's kind of more of like a biography. Yeah. <laughs> of just the struggles. It it becomes whatever it becomes. Yep. That's essentially it at this point. Yep. That's why I was like, we're gonna switch the whole podcasting account over to it's now under uh wydg gaming radio so i can put whatever shows we want on there and i'm gonna experiment i was thinking about excel saga actually because of how that show that too i've been wanting to give that a watch through heck yeah because how (laughs) they had that whole each episode was a different experiment and every single one ended with today's experiment dot 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 failed (laughs) and it was still a really good time i don't think that because their goal was like taking over the prefecture of f yep the city of f and f prefecture yep. and i was like you know not what the that... universe not the world not oh. the country no just that prefecture. not even the town <laughs> just a blocked off section of the town yeah they start small and that's it another just thing start always, small it was always making the effort and they did so many different things like there was an episode where they dropped into they did the entire episode about the dog menchie yep they did two of those they did one entire episode that was kind of like american animation making fun of that and it was a lot of fun. And I was yeah. like, what I need to do is just experiment and put Throw a bunch stuff of stuff to up, the wall. See, see what, what sticks. sticks. Absolutely. Precisely. Usually spaghetti. <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes you deflect the noodle with your chopstick and it sticks to your ceiling for the next six months. Um, that's a story for another time. But yeah, so that puts us at about our, our time for this episode. I, uh, I do actually, you have any closing thoughts? I actually had an idea since this podcast is still fresh and new. I thought there could be a reoccurring thing where whoever you have guest uh, leaves you with one piece of personal advice. Okay. And then by the end of this podcast, uh, through all your guests, you'll have I will proximate have... knowledge of everything. I will. That would be um, pretty good. So for you, when it comes to Let's Plays, remember the first rule of improv. Yes and... Yes, and. Yes, and. Because I remember that Fatal Frame playthrough that I was here for. A lot of things just got stopped dead in the track because you guys just agreed <laughs> with whatever nonsense I was saying and left it at that. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, and. Yes, and. Mm-hmm. I got to actually work on my improv, so. I'm thinking of looking at That'll be a really good exercise. Stuff. Yeah. I was debating on that. I was like, I kind of want to go back to college, not for... Not to pay for, but like just to go and sit in on a few classes on theater, drama, improv. Absolutely. Because I've listened to some of one of the big pieces of advice, and this is uh, kind of just tying in with what you're saying. Um, I talked to Schmlandru after I started doing my vlog for my personal channel, and he said, if you want a piece of advice, you are very deadpan monotone when you vlog. He's like, you're not really like that in real life. Have some energy. And I'm like, I realize it, though. Um that as soon as I'm on camera, I almost clam up, especially when I can see myself. If I'm not thinking about it, that's why I like podcasting just kind of runs smoothly because I'm not really concerned about it. And at this point, I've been part of This Week in Gaming for almost a year now. So it just it's a thing now. Which kind of come in actually and... uh, brings us up to something uh, we were talking about a few weeks back. Don't be afraid to look foolish. Oh, for sure. That's coming from a guy who has... Many pictures of bunny girls in uh, battle armor. (laughs) Do not worry about looking silly. Everyone looks silly. It's the people who fight to not that you don't like. Yeah, I found that a lot, too, especially since getting into the whole creation aspect. And you still find the people that you're friends with that like everything jives when you're you know hanging out, doing whatever. But as soon as it comes to, uh, hey, let's. That game that we played, um, that's you. Yep. Uh, and I was like, I've I've tried playing this with people, and they were so concerned about looking cool that they couldn't have fun with the game. And I'm like, it's not that kind of game, though. Like, yeah. look like an idiot. Yeah. You know, don't don't take yourself seriously. You know, put the phone camera to your chin and take a picture up your nose. I don't care. Like, this isn't going out anywhere. It's just the four <laughs> of us sitting on a couch playing a game. Like, you don't have to look like a badass. Yep. So, but yeah, that's some solid advice. I'm gonna work on my improv over the coming weeks, I think, and we'll uh. We'll see how that evolves. Yeah, definitely. But thank you very much for your time. Uh, for people who want to check you out, where can they find you? Um, uh, like I say to most people on Twitter and Tumblr, just type in Joe Blay. Uh, That's for fair. For Twitter, I think it's just straight up Joe Blay design. 
I'm pretty sure it is. And for see, I don't follow you on Tumblr, so I'm not for sure. Tumblr, it is uh, Dread Pirate Jables. I I'll was young the, when I uh, got the name. I'll toss the links down in the show description as well, so you guys can just scroll on down yeah, there. Yeah, eight, eighteen on that. plus. Definitely eighteen plus. Don't um, scroll too far back. I don't want you to see. <laughs> don't don't go looking for the old stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but... we all improve over time. <laughs> But so that's all for this episode of AV Underground. I hope you guys took something from that. Uh, and we will see you again in the next episode, hopefully in about a week. I'm having another buddy of mine on. Uh, we're going to talk about films and stuff. So until next time, keep making stuff. AV Underground is a production of YDG Studios. To find out more about our guest this week, check the links in the description. Do you have questions about getting started as a content creator that you'd like us to address in a future episode? Send us an email at yadudegamers at gmail.com with the subject line, Ask AV Underground, and we just might include your question in an upcoming episode. AV Underground is hosted by MJ Watson and Josh Needham and is produced by Josh Needham.